This program is a proud member of Univaz. Unified, unique, voices. Learn more at univazpods.net. Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen, and so are you! Hello again, my beautiful screamers, and welcome, welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets gay. This is episode 292, and tonight we're going to be taking a trip all the way back to the fabulous year of 1987 to take a look at the movie Witchboard, and I'm going to be joined by two brand new guests, Matt Knife and Cubby Hall. But before we go any further, please, please, please allow me to introduce myself. My name is Patrick Walsh, and I'm not wearing any pants. Also, I'll be your guide to the weird and wonderful world of horror movies. Yay! But you're going to have to see them through my very, very gay little eyes. <laughs> I just turned into Broomhilda from the Bugs Bunny cartoons. And I liked it. So this is day 41 of isolation for me, and I'm holding up well. Things are going fine for things considered, but really what I'm more interested in is how are you? How are things in your world? I hope you're doing well. I hope you're okay. I hope your family's okay. I hope your loved ones are doing well. And all that good stuff, keep yourself safe, but we're not going to talk about that right now. we got other things to talk about. I need to announce the winner of the Saturday Slasher screening vote. Yes, yes. If you've been following me on social media, you will see that I've been posting for the past few days that I'm leaving it up to you guys to pick what movie we're going to watch on Saturday afternoon. And the choices were The Initiation from 1984, starring Daphne Zuniga, Popcorn from 1991, or Dude Bro Party Massacre 3. And the winner is Popcorn! Yay! So we're going to the movies to watch a movie about movies. Yay! And it'll be super fun. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, every Saturday we've been doing group screenings, sometimes double features, sometimes just one. This week it's a single feature because I'll be doing, uh, I'll be recording an episode with Allison and Brian where we're going to be talking about Tucker and Dale versus Evil. But I'm off topic. So every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we all gather on the Cast app. That's K-A-S-T. And it's been working out fabulous. It's a fabulous little screening source. It's a nice little place to do watch parties and to hang out on camera and just talk. We can do everything there. And you can go get that for free at cast.gg. K-A-S-T dot G-G. Wait, hold on a second. I've just been handed a very important looking memo. What? Does this say, Patrick, don't forget that it's time for Bum Bum Smoochie Watchy out of the da da. What's going on with that cat? Nothing, nothing except I had to redo this entire section of the show because I was talking to y'all, trying to keep everything light and fluffy, and Miss Thing got in her litter box, which is right next to my new station here in the living room, and took an enormous dump that made my eyes water. And I, 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 I was trying to work through it. I was trying to work through it. This new mic is so sensitive. How sensitive is it? Well, it's so sensitive, it even cried at beaches. But I'm Chang. No, but seriously, this mic is so serious. <laughs> this mic is so sensitive. It picks up everything. It picks up every noise. And so, I mean, you can, you can hear the splats of the logs hitting the litter. And then, 
And I'm like, okay, she's done. She's done. And then she dug in the litter for like 25 minutes. I'm like, okay, I just can't. And the more she did it, the more I'm just like, I'm going to kill her. I'm just going to kill her. This mic is so sensitive. A, you would have heard everything and very possibly would have smelled it because it was that bad. Looks like a lady. Acts like a lady. Shits like an elephant. That's my girl. Yeah. So it occurred to me that I'm going to be spending my 50th birthday in isolation. What a bummer. What a bummer. But then Catholic guilt takes over. And I say, Patrick, people have it much worse than missing a birthday. I'm like, you're right, you're right. So how can I, how can I turn this frown upside down and turn it into something positive? I haven't decided yet. I don't have any ideas except obvious ones. If you've got a cool idea of what we can do as a Scream Queens community to celebrate my birthday, if you want to celebrate my birthday, that is, please let me know. Find me on social media. Send me some messages. Inundate me with brilliant ideas for birthday fun that will entertain all of us because I'm not spending it alone. I'm spending it virtually with somebody and I'm hopefully be spending it with y'all. So there's that. I really don't have much else to talk about, except I do want to let you know that Podchaser, remember Podchaser? I've talked about them last week and a couple of weeks before. Podchaser is that platform where you can, they love podcasts and it's, it's just this whole podcasting community and every podcast is on there. And it's supposed to be an IMDB sort of for podcasts. So it's like information on all the guests that we've ever had. And it's, just like, it's, it's this whole incredible community that's there. And they've been running this event called Reviews for Good. It's, it's all free. So you go over, you sign up for Podchaser. You go and you review all your favorite podcasts. What's cool about Podchaser is that unlike iTunes, you can also review individual episodes. You can get really specific and really knock yourself out if you really want to. But what's also not available on iTunes is that the podcasters themselves, we can respond to you. So it's opening up dialogue between podcast listeners and podcasters. And I think that's really cool in just a different kind of way. But the thing is, what is this reviews for good thing? Podchaser has extended their event. It was only supposed to be till the middle of the month, but they're extending it to the end of April. So from now till the end of the month, every review that you leave, Podchaser donates 25 cents to the Meals on Wheels COVID-19 response team. And podcasters out there, for every response that you leave for a new listener review, they'll donate 50 cents to the Meals on Wheels COVID response team. I think that's pretty cool. It's a nice way to raise some money and show, show some hardworking people some love and helps people out through this really shitty time. And you can find that at podchaser.com. Being that I have nothing else I can think of to talk about, I think it's time to start the show. I'm going to bring on Matt Knife and Gubby Hall. But before we do that, I just want to let you know, that, warn you in advance, rather, that this interview was recorded using Squadcast, but we had some connection problems. I kept losing Matt and Cubby. Their internet kept going kerfluffle. So there are some breaks in the conversation. When you hear this sound, that means the internet died. And I do my best to pick up where we left off, but sometimes I'm not as accurate as I would have liked to have been. But there's nothing we can do about that now. The episode's still fabulous, but just know those huge gaps in conversation are the internet's fault. Not my fault, not Matt's fault, not Cubby's fault, not Smoochie's fault. Could be your mama's fault, but you're not losing your mind. Okay, that much said, let's bring on Matt Knife and Cubby Hall, and let's talk about Witchboard, because I don't know if you know, there's something really queer going on at Jim and Linda's house. And it's got nothing to do with that Ouija board. What is he talking about? You'll find out after we listen to the trailer. David, are you here? Can you hear me? It began at a party. 
It was only a game. David, will you return to the living one day? Bullshit. Careful, Jim. You're upsetting David. David, are you all right? Yeah, he's all right. He's just a little dead, Benzo. Shut up, Jim! What's he gonna do, haunt me? Linda, this is Brandon. I just realized I left my Ouija there the other night. I'm having some friends over Sunday and they want to use it. Besides, I want to contact David and see if he's calmed down yet. David, are you here? Are you still angry at Jim? David, where are you? Man, don't tell me you bought that crap with Brandon and Edward. Oh, please. Poor David, you should know how to hold a grudge, don't you? I want to bring a medium by your apartment as soon as possible to exercise the spirit. Okay, we'll stop this ghosts. David, where are you? You! Did you cause that accident at the site? David, don't lie to me. When someone uses a Ouija alone, like Linda, She's very susceptible to the spirits she contacts. And the wrong spirit will take advantage of this. Pretty soon, all she wants to do is use the board. And once that's done, he's able to possess her. Linda has made contact. Linda, unlock the door. David is here. And he's playing for real. It isn't a game anymore. Witchboard. Don't play it alone. So joining me on this episode, I'm very excited to bring you two brand new, freshly minted guests. People you've never heard from before, and I'm so excited, and it's great because, wow, this all happened. Just I was on Facebook Messenger, and I got this message from somebody, and he's like, hi, I like horror movies. I think we'll be the best of friends. And I said, okay, either this is going to blossom into a fabulous relationship, or I'm going to wind up stabbed to death in an alley. Either way, I'm taking this gamble. So, But here we are. Here we are. And not only that, not only do I have this new Facebook Messenger friend, he brought a friend. So without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and my GNCs, wherever you may be, may I introduce to you Matt Knife and Cubby Hall! Hi, good to see you. Yay! Pleasure to be here. So nice to be here. It's really fun to be able to to talk about horror with other horror nerds. So. You say that now, give it 10 minutes, you'll be screaming to get out. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. I, um, you know, I like I've hung out with a lot of like comic book fantasy, like Comic-Con nerds. And I mean that in a good way. And I always feel like such an imposter because I'm not really into that as much. Like I, I can speak... I speak conversational geek in that world, but like that finally, like it occurred to me, I was like, Oh Matt, you love horror. So like go hang out with those people. (laughs) So, uh, so we'll see, we'll see. This is my, I've been delving into it this last year. So I hope you'll have me. Bitch. If you're here, you've already been had. 
I guess you're right. <laughs> <laughs> because you are, no, you've already passed the test. Because, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm Jane says wherever you may be. I have to tell you, these two have been running some of the most charming yet most bizarre nightly Facebook live sessions. They are so every night at 8 p.m. These two are absolutely bananas. We'll make, we'll make sure to get your information before you go, so you guys can check them in. I mean, I was like, oh, I don't know about this guy. We talked a little bit, and I've, I've, I've had a lot of them over the years. And sometimes it usually just go no works. After a while, I'm like, you're just creepy, like not in a good way, but. I saw one video and I'm like, these guys are fantastic. <laughs> uh, well, thank you. I pretty much, Matt takes the rings on that one. And that's like, I just follow along, you know? Although I have to say, like, you, there's that Facebook meme thing that's been going around where people are imitating famous pieces of artwork or uh, shit they have lying around the house. I'm just like, I am so angry. I have all of my costumes in storage because where are you finding these things? <laughs> oh, I mean, we're in my, like, that's what's been weird about the, or not weird, but nice about the quarantine is I mostly work from home anyway. Mm-hmm. And I'm a costume designer, burlesque performer, art model. Like, and, and yeah. And like, when I say I'm a costume designer, I'm not just somebody who's like a hobbyist who says they mm. do it. Like I went to school for it and, and stuff like that. So, um, I, I, we just have all this stuff here. And so I'm sort of like, okay, I have to stay home with my favorite person in the world, which is Cubby. And I have all of my paintings and art supplies and costumes and shit like that. I was like, oh, I'm going to be all right. <laughs> so that's kind of, you know, it's just making, turning lemons into lemonade. That's the way I look at it. And making the rest of us look bad. Well done, sir. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you know what? I mean, I have an advantage being in my studio and I will say that um, I have advantage to have him to help. Also, like I was just telling my friend, Miss Cherry Delight, who is somebody you should know too, because she's a super huge horror movie fan. And I think you guys will like each other. But I was talking to her and, you know, I mean, she's just chilling. And she's like, she's like, you know, I kind of feel bad about it. And I'm like, you know what? We're in the middle of a pandemic right now. And if, if you're paralyzed and just can't do anything, then that's okay too. So, you know, I mean, I just already know how to navigate this like uncertain world because mm-hmm. I'm a freelancer. So I'm just like, in, you know, I've been 10 years I've been preparing for this. So, (laughs) you know, well, and in my sense too, though, it's like, I mean, I, I've been out of my job for a month now. Mm. Two weeks I was still being paid and the last two weeks we've been furloughed. And so this is a new thing for me to be working from home, quote unquote, and to find things to occupy my time. And I feel like I've only just now gotten to a point where it's like, okay, the routine is starting to kick in. There's there's things to, to do. And eventually this is probably going to end up being like, okay, everything now is work and moving toward work because who knows how long any of this is going to last. Who knows yeah. how long, yeah. you know, the government is going to pay for things. My company is going to pay for things. And, mm. you know, I was up half the night trying to justify spending all this money on a new computer because we need one. It, it's work. It's work. It's work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, these are strange times. There's no rule book for it. So, you know, if you're not creating, that's totally cool. That's fine. Do what you need to do to get yeah. through it. If that means you're chilling out on your couch doing absolutely nothing, then you fucking do that. And you own it. I know no one, no one can see you. No one's judging you. So. Absolutely. Unless absolutely. we want them to see. And that's like, you know, this is just how, and everybody deals with stress differently and everybody deals with death differently. And I mean, let's face it, we're dealing with, with death. We're dealing with stress. So, um, you know, this is just how I cope is I I keep myself busy. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think it's on my art. No. You know what's really annoying? 
about this whole furloughed business? What? Is that in a different time, in a different world, getting furloughed would be something that happened at a bear convention and it would be fucking fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. That I that thought had crossed my mind too. I was like, normally anything with the word "fur" in it is. Like, <laughs> that's gonna be that's gonna be next year's Bear Week themes all across the country. Furlough. <laughs> Just say next week or next year. Next yeah. year's yes. All right. Well, this is all well and good, but you know what? We're here to talk about a movie, kids. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the movie that we are here to talk about is from 1986, called Witchboard, directed by Kevin Tanney. Now, did you boys find a chance listen to an episode like I requested you to? We didn't have time. Sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna be honest. I listened to like I listened to 15 minutes of your latest one, so I guess it's a partial lie. No apologies. No apologies, because now you have no idea what's in store for you right now. Now my listeners know this is going to happen because there's a, a tradition here on Scream Queens when I have guests on. You don't know what it is. <laughs> I love it. So squirm, squirm in your seats. I want to see you squirm. Okay, that's gross. Stop. Okay, so Matt, since you're the one who contacted me to become my friend and eventually led you being here, as punishment for doing that, I'm going to make Cubby do what's about to happen. Cubby, I need you to give a 30-second back-of-the-DVD plot summary of Witchboard. The clock starts now! Okay, so we start out and we're at this party and there's this kind of blonde douchebag guy who's like, I know everything about the occult and I play with this witch board, spirit board, the Ouija board. So there's a party. Tawny Katane is a stupid idiot who doesn't know what she's doing and starts playing with this board. Her husband, fiance, doesn't believe her. Douchebag is like, you got to stop this. You got to get this. So they bring in this really cool, awesome medium who tells them what's going on. Something happens here. We're not going to go. Sorry. Time is up. That is the biggest back of the DVD plot summary I have ever seen in my life. That's the Stephen King back of the DVD. Yes, like. yes. <laughs> and you see, as punishment for not watching, for not listening to an episode, you had to watch him squirm at. And, you know, I did this to him. He's embarrassing himself on the internet. It's all my fault. Oh, I was embarrassed. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> yeah, I know you weren't. I know, but some. <laughs> it's funny anyway. Anyway, yeah, so that's what we're talking about. This actually, this movie, I'd forgotten all about it, which is weird because it was a big hit at the time. Was it? Mm. Yeah, it was. It was a very big hit. Mostly, mostly because two things collided. The movie came out and the Warrant Cherry Pie video came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would make sense. Wait. So everybody wanted to see Tawny Contain's Vag. Right. She wasn't in that, was she? She the was. Warrant video? Yes, she was. Oh, she sure was. She's the one on the car. Yeah, she's that's doing White Snake. Yes, oh, White Snake. White Snake, here I go again. I'm, I like I love Tony Katane. I'm a fan. Oh, I know. I well, you know, what? it's just that Cherry Pie was a really good song. They're like, wow, this is really good. I want to get to see a scary. I got nothing. Okay, I'm gonna <laughs> fix that and post so I don't look stupid. You got me back, fucking <laughs> Hall. You got me back, making you squirm, <laughs> embarrassing me. But you're right, absolutely. Sorry, sorry. Hair metal, hair metal was not my scene. <laughs> no, but I like Tony Katane though. It's like I watched her. I watched those videos. But then again, it's like I first came into Tony Katane with uh, America's Funniest People. As the second co-host with Dave Coulet. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she was yeah. on that. She replaced the blonde. That's right. And yeah. um, and then she was on the the legend Hercules, the legendary journeys. And so, you know, closet at home watching buff shirtless dudes, and then Tawny Katane and Tawny Tawny the main Katane 
Tony, I want to be Roby for Friday the 13th contain. <laughs> she ain't no Roby. That hair tries to be Roby hair. It ain't Roby hair. Nope. And the reason I picked this movie is I started watching it like a month ago. And I all of a sudden, I, remember, I know I watched it back in the day. I think I had a, a dupe gone VHS. You know, we had to put the tape over the thing and copy it from the video. So I, I know I had. I know I showed it at parties and stuff. But it never hit me before. I'm like, this is the gayest fucking movie ever. This isn't about Tawny Katane at all. It's about this lost love story. So my my 30-second plot summary would be two ex-lovers form a bond <laughs> over a romantic weekend at Big Bear Mountain while their beard <laughs> suffers demonic possession. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I picked up on that too. I definitely was like, cause it's funny. Cause I watched this movie maybe like for the first time in October. Cause I had never seen it. And, uh, Jason Ramos and I like, uh, you know, Jason owns rock. Bar. Yeah. So, um, Jason's a good friend of mine and we bond over horror movies and he's kind of another person that kind of brought me into this world too. Uh, and uh, he was like, oh, Matt, you should watch it. So did. And I mean, I, I was like, okay, this is fun. I mean, it's cheesy 80s stuff. But there was something about the second viewing that I definitely did pick up on the, um, that there, I, like, because like, uh, the w- there's something about the way they fight and the way that they yell at each other that I was like, okay, these two just need to have sex. Again. Like, I yeah. mean, there's, yeah. oh, you Again. think that they Again. had had yeah. sex before. Yeah. yeah. It's all there. Like, even their arguments, like the way they, t- we'll get into more details later, but they, the, the trail be like, you, Brady, you're just going to run away and leave, leave her. You're just, you're going to do it to her, just like it did to your parents, just like it did to med school, just like it did to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it yeah. got cut off. Yeah. It got off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. like, there was something about the, like, there was a scene later in the movie where, um, their names are escaping me. It's that, that oh, the, the, the asshole boyfriend and then the obvious Brandon. guy. Him and Brandon. So boyfriend, like, has, like, his, you know, he has this big hairy chest and his shirt yeah. open and stuff. And I'm like, why are they having, like, if the, a straight man in 1986, if a gay guy were coming over to his house, whether they were friends or cool or whatever, I don't think he would just be all open shirt and... It, it just like it, you know just like straight men's heads in that time period like i'm just like mm, no that means like you want you mm. want him to be looking at you you are you're just really comfortable being that way around him because right. you've been it before he's seen everything right. you've seen everything yeah. whatever yeah well i also have to look at it from a production standpoint too it's like somebody else made those decisions multiple people made that decision to yeah. you know set that scene that way so yeah was it a conscious subtext or were they just totally falling into a trap that they didn't realize they were setting for themselves there's other stuff that like little stuff too that that are mistakes yeah that nobody fixed that just kind of keep reinforcing it i'm going this and then like tawny katane chops out of the movie i'm like this is not about her at all her character is the least interesting character in this there's no reason I don't see any reason why the two of these guys are even interested in her. She's boring. Yeah. See, see no level, but the, the chemistry between the two of them is crackling. Yes. But yes. then I also like could have seen, you know, I guess this is even more the more progressive polyamorous person in me, like being like, you know, maybe she was okay with it. Like, you know what, maybe like, cause I mean, I think the way that she and David are interacting in the beginning of the movie 
they're obviously close. They like each other. I mean, she's probably like, oh, this is like my gay best friend or whatever. I mean, I do know a lot of straight women that would probably give their boyfriend, husband a pass for one guy. Like, you know, so I was sort of like, okay. And like Tani Katane seems like she could be down for that. I mean, white snake, <laughs> you know, I mean, I think she'd be like, oh yeah. What I understand you're a conservative asshole, but that's right. neither here nor there. But oh, the, okay. on the other hand, it's well, 1987. Yeah. It's 1987. How cool is a straight girl going to be with that? Unfortunately. Uh, yeah. Well, no. you never know. You never know. You do never know. Yeah. But, okay. So let's get into the movie here. The movie opens at a gay cocktail party. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. There was a giant hole over the set in the Ozo liner, just from all like the Aquanet and just wonderful and dippity do that was going on in that hair. Everybody's hair is just like, Oh God. Oh God. The eighties was awful. Like asymmetrical, like perm cuts on the girl. Oh God. Oh no. Ooh. Well, Tony Katane's hair, I was looking at it in its various stages on the, on the movie. And it's like, how many layers are going on with that hair? How much texture had they put into it? You know, I was watching it uh, with a couple of listeners uh, streaming yesterday just because I like the company and <laughs> uh, listen to TJ goes, oh, my gosh, your hair is beautiful. And I was like, yeah, for 1847. What? What? What party is this? Later, like when she's all when she's possessed, you know, and it's all like carefully distressed. Yeah. Like you know, over the like, one eye, yeah. and the eyeliner on the other one. Well, there's even one point too. She's got that, you know, predating the, the nineties, you know, it's like the big bubble front and the hair at the back and the ponytail. And, you know, she, it's like big and like super shellacked and quaffed and huge side bow. Satin robe on. Yeah. Huge blood side bow. The yeah. side ponytail. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even the point, that was a huge bow. It was a big bow. It was great. But it was, she went from that. Anyway, people yeah. like, if you did not know it was a gay podcast, you know now, because we've been talking about hair and makeup for <laughs> Yes. Yes. We're not, we're not talking about Tony Katane's breasts which mm-hmm. are amazing like she does have a phenomenal body mm-hmm. but um uh, but yeah we're talking about the, we're talking we're about even, the hair in the first scene we're not even talking <laughs> about the, the 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 scary parts it's just hair makeup costumes well, that's the, thing. the movie is a slow burn like there's not yeah, i mean it's so. long i mean there's, there's very few kills in it there's very few scary scenes so it is all about the characters so this is what we have to talk about and this is unfortunately the subtext is there and that's yeah. what's going to make it relevant for a modern audience because otherwise yeah. it's just kind of a dopey 80s yeah. movie. This yeah. had some crackle to it that you might not normally notice, which is why you tune into this show, bitches. Am I right? Of course you're right. Yes. I'm always right. It's my show, damn it. <laughs> anyway, but this is reinforced. Okay, so we have uh, Brandon, who used to be on Days of Our Lives. who's Patch on Days of Our Lives. Brandon. Yes. And he's a big heartthrob, but even then I was like, the hair. <laughs> <laughs> We're back to hair. But he's sitting there like the queen bee. He is holding court at this fucking party. Mm-hmm. Because he brought a Ouija board to somebody else's party because he's that desperate for attention. It's pronounced Ouija. But the guy, Nick, there's a guy sitting next to him who's having a scene with this blonde guy all in glasses, the big nerdy glasses. They're interacting. Yes, thank you. He just did something. You can't see it, but I know exactly. Yeah. They're, they're, Actually, they're it's more like this, but it's cl- here. I have to get the. I have to get yeah, the they way. can't see that. They can't see that. This is not helping. I'm trying to narrate. Yeah, he's watching it, so. Um. Just yeah. sitting a little they're, too close. Yeah, they're, do it again. No, they're do it again. Do it again. I have to get it all this out. <laughs> their body language is not like how straight men would be sitting together no, in 1986. He's holding court explaining the we. It's pronounced Ouija. I'm sorry, the Ouija board. He's very obnoxious about the pronunciation That's of Ouija. 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 And it just gets more obnoxious as the movie goes on. Just let it go. 
Do you have to correct everybody every time they say it wrong? In your opinion? Stop it. Stop it. Control queen. <laughs> but this guy sitting next to him at a certain point puts his elbow up on the sofa behind Brandon. But then when the camera angle changes, it looks like his arm is directly on his shoulder leaning on him. It's not. But it looks like it. Now, that's all I could see. Like this went through how many editors, how many shots, how many takes, and this is the shot they kept. Like, so he brought a date to somebody else's party and he's flirting with his ex-girlfriend at that poor date. That poor little nerdy Harry night court looking guy. Mm-hmm. The date was probably trying to find somebody else to hook, uh, hook up with as well. You know, mm-hmm. he was probably mm-hmm. seeing if he can get, you know, a long haired jackass. Jim's friend or whatever. So if you can hook up with him. But I also, uh, the thing I appreciated about that, this particular shot was like, have you seen the celluloid closet? Mm-hmm. It's the documentary all about like mm-hmm. LGBTQ representation and film. And, and, yeah. Especially the early stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're talking about like, you know, the, the bands, like the things that you can't depict in film homosexuality being one. And so, yeah. Um, so it's like you could take it as it's these two alpha males arguing over like whether or not Ouija exists. It's pronounced Ouija. Or is real. Or you could argue it's like, all right, these are two lovers. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, it was it was really cool. And I was really glad that you asked me to rewatch this because I, I you know, I really see it. Yeah. And it's the driving force of the movie is if you look at it that way. Uh, OK, so anyway, back to the party. Basically, Big Queen Brandon has commandeered the party to do lots of exposition on how Ouija's work and what it's all about and the rules of the Ouija and what not to do with Ouija's and how not to do it with Ouija's, but- It's pronounced Ouija. He convinces Tawny Katane, whose name is Linda, and my audience just rolled their eyes and we'll come back to that. They know why they're rolling their eyes, you don't know why, but um, <laughs> he convinces her to do the Ouija with him to contact his little ghosty friend. Could you guys tell me about Davey? David? David. David. So David, right. yeah. David yeah, David's the not, the, David's the ghost. David's not one of the guys. David is the ghost of a, of a little boy who died 30 years ago. And evidently he has, a, he's spoken to him several times. So he's like his spirit that he communes with. Mm. And he's intrinsically linked to this board for some reason. Right. Yes. And the other thing I'm going to point out too is, um, I don't know if you knew this about me, but I am a witch. And so um, I don't particularly use Ouija for um, divination. I use tarot and runes and gemstones and things like that. Um but I, but the witch part of me watching this scene too is, is like, you know, like Ouija and tarot isn't a parlor trick. No, it's know? not. So like the fact that you're doing this in front of people, especially a bunch of people that are sitting there like basically poo-pooing it. Like, I mean, it's like you're asking for it either not to work or trouble. So <laughs> that was like also my like, you know, the witch, the the part of me that like sees witchcraft in film, like it's just always puts my hand on my hip and I'm like, mm, no. They never get it right, do they? No. No. They never get it. The death card doesn't mean death. No. 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 <laughs> Every fucking movie. Yeah. Okay. So the thing is, you're right. That's exactly what's going on. He is in his own right disrespecting the board and the, the spirits and the whole power behind it. They're speaking to the ghosts and we're getting some more rules and oh, it's so cute and it's so darling. But at the same time, He's also sniping with Jim, Linda's current boyfriend. There's no way that intelligent life could have formed so quickly without some kind of divine intervention. 
come on, Roger. Now, you can't honestly count someone like Jim here as intelligent life, can you? That's good. I'm impressed, Brandon. I mean, that's almost witty. Almost. I'm gonna get another drink. Like father, like son, huh? The two of them are sniping in each other in a way that people who know each other way too well know each other. They're going like for deep cuts that are not public knowledge. Yeah. Which again, like the ex-lover thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Making fun of people's alcohol problems in front of a whole party. I'm like, ooh, that's, that's at, at his party. I'm like, you're a guest at the party? Yeah. Yeah. Insulting the host like this and eventually doesn't go well. David, do you know me? David, will you return to the living one day? Reincarnation? That's what they all say. David, will you be able to choose your parents when you return? Yes. Bullshit. (laughs) Why? You can't believe you were stupid enough to pick your parents? Hey, I don't talk to cardboard. (laughs) Careful, Jim, you're upsetting David. What's he gonna do, haunt me? David, are you all right? Yeah, he's all right, he's just a little dead, that's all. Shut up, Jim! David, are you all right? I know, it's really racing. Yeah, maybe he's late, the last flight back to limbo. Because all of a sudden, well, the board goes flying across the room. Very unconvincing special effect that looked more like Brandon got a boner and knocked it off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It looks like it looked like one of them like threw it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, ah! Well, I, I think yeah. they I think they explained the way in the scene because the reason why it flew off was because it happened with the same time the guys Brandon's tires blew out sitting in the driveway. So uh, I beg your pardon. I beg your pardon. That car was not sitting in the driveway. It was parked on the goddamn sidewalk. No wonder somebody slashed your fucking tires. Exactly. Dick. Yes, exactly. So and and you know. Fucking Alfa Romeo Barbie dream car. Exactly. exactly. It's like, and those tires were new, but yeah, I think, I think in the movie, they kind of explained it. It's like, oh no, we just, we jumped. And so we, it flew away. It wasn't, I don't know. They're trying to explain. It's one of those things where it's like, they're trying to explain the, the magic and the spiritualism, but then trying to explain how it didn't happen. And Matt and I ourselves have actually been on a theme of this, watching some horror movies lately as, is the magic that we're seeing real or is it all in the character's mind? So to speak. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. But that's another tangent for another time. This mm-hmm. one, I actually think it's real though. Oh, like, yes. This, I mean, one, this one, is. this one's definitely. There were axes flying. Yes. We <laughs> axes flying. We see ghosts. Yes. It's totally real. There were lesbian psychics thrown through the air. Yes, yes exactly. Exactly. Oh, just, just, just another thing that was funny during this scene, Jim, Linda's boyfriend, current boyfriend storms off to the kitchen to pout with his construction worker friends who are not, who are distinctively not of the same class of the people at the rest of the party. No, there's a definite line, a class division in this party, as well as this whole sexual tension thing. Exactly. Well, that brings us to my other favorite horror movie trope is the let's have a diverse group of people together that in no way would ever be friends in real life, but they're friends. Ever, 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 ever. But this is what I was going to get to in this scene is that he's in there sulking. His friends leave. Tony Katane comes in to console and be like, it's okay, come back to the party. And she leaves him alone. And he's standing there for a long time, drinking his beer, leaning up against the wall. And above his head is a giant cock. 
<laughs> I did not notice I that. I didn't notice that. There's a huge rooster head over his head. I'm like, oh, big God. Okay. Big oh, of God. all the things in the kitchen, why did they put that? <laughs> I'm going to seek solace under the big cock. <laughs> Maybe they all knew then. Maybe just. I don't know. But, and then the thing, the other thing that was just making me laugh too is every time somebody's contacting David, like, David, 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 can you hear me? David, can you see me? All of a sudden, it's Yentl board. David, can you touch me? <laughs> Somebody make that movie. David. <laughs> All right, so it's the day after the party, and it turns out, oh, no, Brandon left his Ouija. Yes. House. This, this coveted item that he loves so much, he can't ever stop talking about. He left it at the house. He has such a boner for it, and you leave it behind. Yeah, it doesn't have, like, a special case for it. It doesn't have a bag. Like, yeah. Like, I, I know. The witch in me, again, was also like, hmm. Amateur. Yeah. Poser. No. <laughs> Kinda. Yeah. Yeah. You know he does it to get chicks. Yeah. Or to look like, or to look like he gets chicks. Yeah. Not to get the chicks, but their boyfriends. <laughs> get the girls possessed. So the, <laughs> so the boyfriends are left single. All right. It all makes sense now. So it's the next day and he calls him. He calls Tawny Katane all upset. Oh my gosh. I left my Ouija. Did you find my Ouija? And she finds it. And of course, what does she do? She starts playing with it. <laughs> Wait, what goes on? This? Hey, she gets a phone call. Another phone call. From her doctor saying, it's like, you need to have, uh, you need to come in. We have some results of your test. It's like, what could this be? You know? Uh- I got you on the plot. I got you on the plot. I don't want to go through like all, all the scenes, but just like the major things. But yeah, she finds out, she starts playing with the board and cause she's got the inkling that she's pregnant. And she's decided that the phone call that she got from the doctor was to, oh my gosh, I'm going to find out if I'm pregnant. Yes. Instead of calling the doctor, she asks David. Yeah. David, is that you? David, do you remember me? David, is it true that you can really choose your next parents? Do you know why I'm asking? The tests, they were positive. David, would you like to? No, how come? You don't like Jim? Well, Jim's a really nice guy. Boy, David, you should know how to hold a grudge, don't you? Yeah, it's like, David, it's like she just met this spirit that she knows nothing about. She already saw him get angry, and she's just asking, it's like, David, will you be reincarnated as my unborn child? It's like, what the hell? You're so stupid. It's like, so first, but also the other things, too, it's like, you know, Brandon's already told you the rules and the signals to watch out for when contacting this person, except yeah. for the big one. Don't do this alone. And two, it's like you just met this this spirit who has a as, throws a temper tantrum, and now you're going to ask him to come into your life physically, spiritually, emotionally. It's like what? Where? Uh-huh. where but no, you? but it's okay because no, no, it's totally okay because he helped her find the ring. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I would say that if if I was talking to a spirit and I gave and I challenged them like that, and they 
had a ring, I would like if if that had happened to me, I would have been like, okay, like maybe you can invite them to come for a visit, but not take up habitation in your womb for nine months. And right, live with you. For yeah, the rest I, was, of I, was being, I was I was being facetious. That's the movie justification. Like, oh, if you got a diamond ring out of it, come live in my vagina. <laughs> come, come be, come be my baby. <laughs> And also, by the way, whose toothbrush did she use to dig that shit out of the train? I know it was Jim's. I wondered that too. You totally know it was his. I, I, well, it was blue's. <laughs> so I think the implication was that it was that it was his, and that's why I was like, "Oh, that's so funny." I mean, it's like all the other things. And the, also, like we were both sitting here looking at it, and I was like, "You do know that if you use that wrench on the other nut, then you can take the thing the out completely off. Yes. and just." dump it out. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes, the lesbians who are watching with me agreed with you on that one. <laughs> saved your precious fingers. Yeah, you don't have to like, yeah, you wouldn't have broken a nail and and you wouldn't have had to stick your finger in a gross pipe, you know, and your toothbrush. Because that's what Jim and Brandon were doing anyway. We're sticking their fingers in gross pipe. No, just kidding. Yeah. It's not gross. It's beautiful. It's natural. <laughs> um, okay. So all that's great. Fine. Now, Ray, she's got a wonderful diamond ring and she's going to have a baby even though she has no confirmation of that. But meanwhile, at the construction site, something really bad happens. There's a, while she's talking to David. Yes. There's an accident. But yeah. there is a definite accident. Yeah. Yeah. So the two of them, like Jim and his, his construction worker buddy, who I don't know how he ever got the job, uh, but they're just hanging out and, like Jim's like, where's my hammer? Where's my hammer? I can't find it. And then first jump scare of the movie, hatchet flies across his face. It's like, what the hell? What the hell? What's his, what's the friend's name that threw the the the, the hatchet hammer thing? Lloyd. Royden. Lloyd. Lloyd. Royden. Royden. Because <laughs> he was because he was Royden out. Roy- yeah. Right. Steroids. Lloyd. So by the way, that actor that actor did did a ton did, did, did a ton of horror movies but most famously he was the voice of demon angela night of the demons are you serious really yeah. oh because um, that's one of my favorite horror movies i don't know if you knew that but. well without this movie there wouldn't be that movie oh, there you go there you this go was first, this was kevin tenney and that whole team's first movie so wow sweet nice so yes they're at the construction site they're talking um jim doesn't appreciate linda for whatever's going on in her life because he's got problems because now he's still thinking about, you know, bone times with Brandon. And then um, we see where the missing hatchet has disappeared to on this pile of drywall that's sitting above them. The gym gets up and then boom, pile of drywall falls on drywall falls on a mannequin. And then blood and sadness and death ensues. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so daylight too. Yeah, it, it, it is. It, 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 it's a great scare, actually. Yes, yes. Oh, it, it doesn't make any sense. sense but. It's like everyone makes fun about how it's a mannequin. It's like no, it got me. It was like it was kind of clever. You didn't linger on it too much to see what was going on. The face was out of the way because that's the dead giveaway. There, they've already established that he's just laying down, and then he even speaks while it's there, and then boom, they fall. Pallet falls. But yeah, but it wasn't telegraphed at all. Which I always appreciate. Exactly, exactly. You thought the thing was going to go flying at his head or something like that. You weren't expecting this thing to fall down on top of him. So, mm. yeah. So at least that was a clever scare on that one instead of a you know cat jumping in the face kind of jump scare. Have you ever seen that video? Which video? Funny or Die video about the guy whose job it is to throw cats at people in horror movies. No. It's very funny. <laughs> no, I've seen, the, I've seen the cat attacking a toddler, but... Um, jumping out of the bushes, but not the one where someone's throwing cats and jump scares. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
Anyway, back to the story. She's delighted that she found this ring, and he comes in and finds her digging in the shit, and and the straight and isn't really angry about it. <laughs> It's toothbrushed. She's angry that he's cursing at him because she's scared. Oh my God. It's like you're swearing. It's 1986 and you're saying, fuck. Oh my God. What's wrong? What's wrong with you? Jesus Christ, don't ever sneak up on me again. Fuck. Shit. Fuck. What are you doing, home? I live here. What are you up to? Found my ring. Remember the one that I lost when we moved in? See? And that's such a monumental event that you started swearing. What? Your language, babe. I think gosh and darn are the strongest words I've ever heard you use. And when'd you take up plumbing? You're never gonna believe this. David. He oh, told Oh, David who? Do you remember David, the spirit of the little boy? Oh, I don't need to hear this shit now. So I'd yeah. be out of the ordinary if she wasn't saying fucking shit and damn. Well, the thing is, we haven't had any time with this character to realize that that's different. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They haven't established her character very well, other than she's incredibly naive. But yeah, so instead of like telling him, oh my God, this horrible thing happened, they have a very long scene with him just berating the shit out of her. Yeah. For using bad language. And this is something that comes up. People don't like Jim. Because they think he's an asshole. I get Jim. As the son of an alcoholic, I get Jim. Yeah. Yeah. Like, except Jim, somebody hurt Jim real bad. Oh, yeah. 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 Jim, does, Jim is afraid to give his love to people. Exactly. That's why he acts like this. That's why he drinks. Yeah. And he's also gay. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Or bisexual. Or bisexual. What is it with you guys, anyway? Linda, I guess. At least that's when the friendship ended. You guys were friends? Best friends. When we were kids. Get out of here. Yeah, I practically grew up at Brandon's house. Both my folks were alcoholics and, uh, I didn't want to spend too much time at home. He thinks I stole Linda from him. Did you? No. No. <laughs> I think uh -huh. in this case, he probably is more bisexual, whereas Brandon was totally gay. Yeah. Even though they did establish that Brandon and Linda had dated at one point, that was like, no, that was that was before you found out you were gay, and now you're. I was in the eighth grade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I uh, yeah yeah no I you're you're right you're right because I mean I think Jim it's Jim right Jim yeah, yeah. Jim I think okay. becomes a little bit more redeemable like towards the end of the film like you start to like. You you empath you empathize with him a little bit more. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. But I've, people, I've just been reading stuff. People just writing. He's just an awful example of a man. He's hurt. He's been hurt. Yeah. I get this guy. Yeah. He wants to, he wants to give his love, but he can't. Yeah, he's just scared, and I get that. Well, and he's also having to deal with that, like, you know, heterosexual conditioning of like, you know, that's your woman, you know, like mm -hmm. you got to be a caveman and go defend that shit, you know. Well, I'm sure he learned it from his dad. Yeah. Probably. Yes. Yeah. And it's also this other man is after my lady, but I also want him to.
Now we cut to the funeral, and she is dressed in her Carmen San Diego funereal finest. <laughs> yes, yes. It's what like, are you wearing? <laughs> well, at least she's wearing that hat that that black fedora. Not even a fedora. That's not a fedora. She's wearing that black hat. You know, it's such a jaunty angle to show everyone how grievous she is over this this person's death. Yes. Um. Again, in the bright, bright daylight. Yeah, if you haven't seen the movie, she's dressed like a spy. Yes, totally. And her her she's all spied out with her her hat and her black clothes and you know, then the investigator comes in, investigator from small town who also deals with truancy and murder investigations and bombs. And bombs, but, you know. Yes. They don't have it. And he has really inappropriate timing. Yes. Exactly, exactly. And I wondered that too. I was like, do police show up at funerals like that? Like to talk to people? Like it just seems like the worst possible time to like to to approach somebody. Exactly. It's rude. And also I'm just thinking, okay, because what's happened is he's he realizes the, the the police have figured out that the rope didn't break, it was cut. Yeah. So they're investigating this as a murder and they're interested in Jim and they're he's suspects he's this Detective inspects Jim. And the whole time I'm thinking, going, they're missing the buffet at Waffle House. <laughs> Most funeral buffet at Waffle House. Or at least in the church basement. And also we call them Sigmund and Roy. No one's ever planted a bomb here. <laughs> what can I do for you, Lieutenant? I'm investigating Mr. Salvador's death. You ever been to Vegas? No. Why? They got these two guys there, Sigmund and Roy. I mean, they are the best magicians I have ever seen, without doubt. Yeah. I mean, they do some really amazing things. You know, there's only one thing I like better than seeing a good magic trick. It's trying to figure out how it was done. Lieutenant, we're not really talking about magic here, are we? I believe Mr. Salvador was murdered. The yeah, was that intentional or was that a writer thing where it's like, well, we don't want to offend anyone by using Sigmund and Roy, but we're going to have Ouija all over the place. Well, I yeah. wondered if it was a copyright thing. Like, you know. Their names. You can't, like, their names. You can't copyright people's names. No, but I, I mean, I guess if you're a, an actor or a troop, I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe it's Sigmund and Roy have done. Add add a like affectation of character. It's like, you know, like when you're talking to your grandma and she's like, Oh, are you watching that Beverly Hills 21903? I love that whoopsie golden (laughs) burger. Yeah. Or, you know, it's like, have you seen that tiger swing? (laughs) <laughs> thing that's on that I heard all about it on the Oprah Winfield show yeah yes, yeah yes, yes. exactly like people that just like you know they 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 know what they're talking about but they don't know what they're talking about if mm-hmm. that makes sense so much going on in the script I mean it's just so mm-hmm. much the thing is, this, the thing is, this is another scene that Tawny Katane is in and has no dialogue it's not about her this movie's not about her and she's trying to cover up for like for making serious acting faces the whole time no I'm like, bring it down, girl. It's not about you. Let them have their seat. <laughs> but I have a hat. <laughs> let, like, let the hat do the acting for you. <laughs> well, we can put a pin in that one, too, because it's like, we, we get to that point later, but it's like, yes, she certainly does serious acting face and serious emotions 
well, emotings, I wouldn't say emotions, but emotings throughout yeah. the whole movie. Yeah. Especially in the climax of her scenes. <sighs> yes. Yes. Oh boy. But what I like from here on out for the rest of the movie, she's like a vision and shimmering apricot in every scene. <laughs> shimmering apricot. Yes. Yeah. She has yes. that like bias cut, uh, gown, yeah. hospital <laughs> gown. Oh, 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 hold on. She's got several. She's got shimmering apricot. She's got golf. God, she's got diaphanous apricot. And by the way, diaphanous apricot used to be my dancing name, but we're not going to talk about those. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, next Next thing you know, she's going to be in a Bo- Bonnie Tyler video. <laughs> yeah, and she's, she's starting to have all this weird psychic stuff happen to her and uh, weird ghosty stuff happen to her. And none of it's particularly scary. At one point, it was like, when condiments attack. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh my god! Well, it's scary ketchup. The ni- well, the knife with the ketchup would be pretty jarring, you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, the way the way they fell together would have been pretty. I, I I thought that was a nice touch. Like I was a little frightened because that ketchup bottle turned over and that shit just poured out like water. I'm like, how long has that been in your refrigerator, Tony? Exactly. Well, <laughs> that's still red and not brown, you know. Um, that's not, that is not Heinz 57, and that's not Heinz 57 because they nobody's anticipating nothing. That shit just poured out like nothing. I no, almost sir. wish I almost wish in that scene they had played a little homage to um what was that creep show creep show two with Karen Black and no, the, the Zuni doll no that's the um, trilogy, of trilogy of terror trilogy of terror yes almost play homage to that you know it's like running around the kitchen with a knife and but then again there's there's no manifestation yet there is no little Zuni no. doll chasing no. her at the moment no no the only thing that's happening is that she keeps going back and forth between a French manicure and harlot red nails in the same scene <laughs> yeah exactly and can't open a door at to save her life it's always locked all the doors are bless, locked bless her heart bless her little heart doors can be really hard they can be hard they can be hard no. brandon corners jim at the construction site and this is one another one of those things that is just fraught with oh. tension yes yeah yes well, well, it's the exposition of like how to use the Ouija board and also the Jim and Brandon's relationship, their past relationship and where they're coming from. But yeah. And so they're attention. in this hyper-masculine setting, you know, yes, it's a construction yes. site. And, you know, I the first thing I was thinking is like how many construction sites do they just let random people walk into and then start screaming at one of their workers? Like, I mean. Somebody just died. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's the other thing too. It's like, it's probably been what a little over a week at this point. I'm surprised that construction site's still going. Yeah. Yeah. It's the eighties. It's the eighties. It's, it's still, that's the excuse for anything. But yeah, this, this is one of those scenes that's fraught with tension because it's supposed to be about how concerned Brandon is for Tawny Katane. Like, is she acting like I called her, she's acting weird. Is she acting? You know, is she acting like this? Is she having temper tantrums? Is she using bad language? Is this happening? Is this happening? Is this happening? It was all check, 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 check. It's because she's pregnant. Well, he says it's because of progressive entrapment. But Jim says she's pregnant. So yeah. those are the. But I'm going to say that the other thing that kept coming up was progressive entrapment, and every time I they said that, I'm like, I expected Flo to show up with the pricing gun. <laughs> I also don't know how many pregnant women like like uh, signs of pregnancy. Have you been cussing a lot? <laughs> like I've never heard that as a like you know. I mean, I get it. The mood swings and, and hormonal changes and stuff that could affect your mood. Yes. But yeah, yeah. Have, like vomiting. Does she have weird cravings? Yeah, I mean, you could have a mood swing without using bad language. Why bother? I bother. <laughs> That's what foul language is for, right? 
It's a sign of intelligence to use bad, bad language. So BuzzFeed says. Yeah. I believe yeah. it. Yeah. I believe it. BuzzFeed is the official. Yes. The, the be all end all for that sort of thing. But yeah, so it, it's essentially about that, but then it turns into about their relationship. You're serious. Jim, how do you think I knew all those things about Linda? Those are all symptoms of progressive entrapment. They're also all symptoms of pregnancy. What? Linda's pregnant. I'm going to be a father. Terrific. Come on, Brandon. I mean, can't you be happy for us? Going to marry her? Yeah. Of course. You don't even love her. Let me tell you something. You haven't talked to me in two years, so don't stand there and tell me how I feel. I know you better than you think I do, Jim. I know why you dropped out of med school. Does Linda? Because you knew you'd make a lousy doctor. Because you're not capable of giving a shit about anyone but Shut yourself. Shut up, Brandon. And when you get tired of Linda, you're gonna walk away from her too. Shut up, Brandon. Just like you did with school. Just like you did with your parents. Just like you did with... Shut up! It's like, why did you leave med school? Why did you give all that up? Because it's fucking hard, okay? Fine. It's like, I'll... Because as soon as I left, you started dating some girl. Yeah. yeah or I just decided... Okay, he, he went to go med school, and that's when he started dating Lyndon. He was like, well, wait a minute. That wasn't supposed to happen. Like, I, I just decided to... I didn't want to be a doctor. You no. know? I mean, what's... Like, that's... Like, if you don't want to be a doctor, you shouldn't be a doctor. Mm-hmm. So I think that's... Instead, I want to be the scrawniest construction worker on the face of the planet. Hey, he was he was putting in drywall, so he probably doesn't have to be that big buff. With okay, but then again, the, those drywallers they can they can fling those four by eight sheets of drywall around like nobody's business. So maybe he was a little too scrawny for it. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I'm not there to judge. It's his body. It's what he does with it. Yeah, it's just weird to see in a movie that somebody like who is so often shirtless not to be ripped. Yeah. I mean, he's this perfectly fine body. I'm not knocking him at all. It just is weird to see like he's supposed to be this ultra macho dude and then takes his shirt off. He's just a dude. Yeah. I wouldn't kick him out of bed for eating crackers. But... Nice, like he had, he had like nice body hair and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. he could get it. He could get it. That's for sure. But I do, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice size nipples. Yeah, yeah. An odd ring around them, though, like they like trimmed them or something. But yeah, ring around the nipples. Ring around the nipples. Yes. <laughs> With a plaid shirt, so total, or was it a robe or something? So again, total gay subtext right there as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Such a clone thing to do. But yeah, this whole scene, they're just standing too close. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's too close and too intimate for this kind of an argument. But just so all my warning bells are going on. But the most important thing that happens in this scene is that Brandon decides that the only thing to do is to bring in a psychic, which brings in the best fucking character in the movie. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, which, exactly. Which I am going to yeah. talk about. Her. Well, actually, I think the best character in the movie came in a little earlier because one thing we never neglect to talk about was Rosemary. Rosemary. Rosemarie from Dick Van Dyke. But we don't need it. That's all. She's just the landlord. That's all she's there. She's there for camping. We wasted her. Oh, totally. Totally. I mean, at, least, at least if at least if in the end battle that she saved the day, but she came in all of a sudden like the demon guy tripped over footstool or something, it'd be like, aha. <laughs> aha. Gotcha. And I love her cameo in Shriek, if you know what I did last Friday the thirteenth. Oh. 
Like, oh, I forgot she. Yeah, because she's the substitute teacher. The scene opens up with her like, "Who could tell me if Frankenstein was circumcised?" <laughs> you know, <laughs> like. <laughs> what was Frankenstein? So I'm guessing yes. Although it's Frankenstein's monster, Are we t- did she mean the doctor or the monster? <laughs> Well, that that would have been my question, but I think I think her I think her intention was the monster. Yeah. So yeah. But, like, but who knows? I mean, that's that's a good follow up question yeah. for that. But yes, in enters Sarah Beth, who is like I personally think that she deserves her own movie. Like, I kind of want to write fan fiction where she it, she isn't dead. Like, she was able to regenerate herself and come back to life. And she was like, all right, fuck this. I'm going to, like, do this for real. But, like, um, I just, like, she's just this, like, punk rock, new wave, hippie chick. Nerd. Prob- nerd. Probably queer. And I, I just felt like she, like she really does like steal the scene and she steals the movie for a while because you're just like, okay, like the, the, who is this like weirdo? Jim, this is Zarabeth, the best medium in Northern California. Hi, thanks for coming. No prop. <laughs> hey, nice place. But uh, you got yourself one gnarly spirit here. I can feel it. See? Hair standing up on my arm. Mm-hmm. This is your expert? Where'd you find her? The circus? Okay, so she's a bit strange. But a she bit came... strange? Her head looks like a friggin' rainbow. You must be Linda. Uh, L- Linda, this is Sarah Beth. Hi. She's a medium. A <laughs> bitchin'. Uh, yeah, I've, I've prepared everything like he said to. Top-notch job, Jim. <laughs> Let's get the show on the road. But then, like, there were moments where she had, um, you know, you could see there was some potential depth creeping in, like the scene where he's driving yeah. her home, and she's like, oh, there's danger ahead, blah, 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 blah if you don't pass my house or like, you know, and I'm just a little bit of psychic humor. <laughs> I see a vision. What is it? Me in your car going home. <laughs> just some more psychic humor. <laughs> Come on, Brandy. Let's hit the musky dust. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I also- <laughs> and I love this. And the thing is, what I thought was, I'm glad I checked this today because I lied to my people I was watching it. Too. I thought she was a different actress completely who had been in another movie, and I'm raving on about that actress, thinking it was this actress, but it's not. This actress, she works constantly. Like never seen before, but she works oh, constantly really? and has for like 40 years. But the most important thing that she that she's done, she did three TV specials, but she was the voice of Kathy from the comic strips. Oh, oh, really? <laughs> I vaguely remember those. I do too. <laughs> I'm like, that is a credit. To, I want on my tombstone. Yes. <laughs> but no, she she walks into the movie, completely changes the energy. She is the most 80s thing that ever 80s in the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. That coat is fabulous. That- like I, it's a denim jacket with a bunch of buttons and appliques sewn on it, and then red fringe down the back and to the sleeves. 
and which has like beads attached to it, which are tinkling every time she moves and stuff, which just kind of adds like a little bit more like of a face sparkle uh-huh. to her. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, she's somebody like I look at her and I'm like, okay, you're very LA in the eighties. Mm-hmm. You're very, um, I don't know. I want to yeah. be friends and with when, her. When, when you tell me that you're bringing a psychic into your horror movie, I have an image of how this scene is going to go. And this scene did not go that way at all. <laughs> that was a wonderful front pressure. Well, everyone in the scene thought that's what it was. So when she like walks into the door, you're like, what? She's young. She's vibrant. She's got. She's colorful. We're expecting, um, you know, Anne Bancroft from Dracula Dead and Loving It. You know, waddling her throat while they're going. and so and but it makes sense too because it's like you look at you know the freaks and the weirdos too and it's like they've got a great sense of artistic style they're not afraid to show how they dress but they're not also afraid to show how smart they are but also how dumb they are because it's like she's cracking corny jokes left and right she's listening to to heavy metal music while she's doing research for goodness sake so it's like she's She's actually the most real character in this whole movie. The only thing I watched it the whole time going, oh my God, with all that fringe and all that flair, it must have been a nightmare for the Foley people. Oh, yes, yes. Because it's like she was tinkling every which way. And not a pee not, not, not kind of way. It's not that kind of movie. But I like it. I think, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, you know, as I said before, I think, you know, I think she deserves her own, like, uh, you know, I mean, I haven't seen the sequel or the rest of it. I mean, I doubt she comes back because they killed her. But like, I mean, I I could figure out a way to bring her back. In my mind, in my mind, at the end of all the fringe, it was actually like healing crystals. Yes. Yeah. Powerful enough to heal an axe wound to the neck. Yes. Yeah. Like uh, uh, when you, if you get thrown on a sundial, you know, this, mm-hmm. this will, this will absolutely <laughs> save your life. <laughs> And I mean, I also felt like killing her was a little extreme, too. It's like, you know, I'm just sort of like, did you know, all she had was information that anybody could have gotten, you know? Yeah. Like. Well, random, well, we'll get to that one, too. But yes, in, that information suddenly pops up at the end, of, near the end of the movie. It's like, yeah, really? Really? Why did they have to put that in there? I think it was just, I, I get the why they had to kill her. It didn't, you know. why they came to that decision, even though it wasn't the right decision, but yeah. Yes. No. So, you know what? It's horror movies. You can bring her back as a goddamn ghost. If you can do it with Lynn Shay, if Lynn Shay could do four more movies in his series after the character's dead. There you go. I don't know who that is, but sure. But I had, I had, I had a character friend crush on Sarah, on Sarah Beth. So I I just thought she was, I thought she was awesome. And I liked her even more the second viewing of watching it. I was like, okay, there you are. The thing that came up in the chat room when we were screening, it was that she kept saying TTFN. Zombie girl TJ says, oh, she's lesbian psychic Tigger. Yes, there you go. (laughs) Yes. Her tops are made out of bottoms. Bottoms are made out of (laughs) things. Oh, But the death of Sarah Beth is what sparks this romantic trip to Big Bear. <laughs> yes, yes. You're telling me that Linda is a portal for David. Eventually, he'll possess her unless we can stop him. That's why I'm going to Big Bear. What's in Big Bear? That's where David claims he died. Now I have to go there and check out his story. We can't fight him unless we know exactly who he is and how powerful he is. For all I know, he's been lying to me since the first time I contacted him. You really going up there? 
I have to. I feel responsible. What, what are you gonna leave now? Yeah, as soon as I can get back, you keep an eye on Linda. Brandon, look, I don't know. I don't know if I buy all this. But good luck. But at this point, I think we've already dis, um, discovered, too, because it's like she was in the hospital. Tawny Katane's not pregnant at all. We've already established this. She missed her doctor's appointment. And she's not pregnant. So all these symptoms, Jim is starting to realize that, oh, no, wait. Yeah. And even at the seance where they made her give the board back to Brandon, we find out in the next scene, she gave him an empty box. Like with the chocolate in it. So now well, fuck, she is fucking around with this too much. She's obsessed. At least she's obsessed with it. There's something wrong here. And he did see the ghost thing happen and whatever. Yes, yes, yes. But yeah, they leave her. They leave her in a hospital all alone. I don't know how she got back to the hospital. But she was there. They leave her all Big alone. Goes to Big Bear, Big Ben, yeah, the Bend Over. worker and his boyfriend go to Big Bear. Big Bear, yeah. Bend Over. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there you go. Under a sign that said no motorboating, which made me very happy. <laughs> <laughs> but, but okay, now I just want to like talk some specifics because we've been on, uh, we're running a bit long. The plot kind of falls apart for me after this point, except for the fact that we've established at some point that Jim never cries. Tell me, did he cry at the funeral? Face it, Linda. The man has ice in his veins. I've known him since I was seven and I've never seen him cry once, not for anybody or anything. He didn't cry when his parents died. He didn't cry when this happened. He didn't cry when this happened. And then he, again, it was, and he didn't cry when, and she cut him off. And I'm like, oh, when you broke up, when you broke up, you were going to say that, weren't you? <laughs> we're going to say it. So we're we've established that. So at this point, I'm thinking, I re- I'd written the movie in my mind. I'm like, oh, so this is how he's going to save her. And the end scene where they're going to have a battle, he's going to cry for her and going to say, I love you. And that's what's going to save her. But what winds up happening is, and Richard cutting the chase a little bit, Brandon winds up getting killed. And at this point, this asshole character, I'd grown attached to him. I was very sorry to see him go. Yeah. Yeah. It's surprising. Surprising. Because he knew everything, too. Yeah. Yeah. And at some point, he'd stopped being obnoxious and had grown on me. And that doesn't happen in horror movies very often. I was, when that axe came down on him on the dock, I was like, no. 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 And then when Jim found him, found the body, he cried. <laughs> He cried for cried for Brandon. Does not cry for Tawny Katane at the end. <laughs> it cries and cries. Oh God. Oh. Oh God. Oh God. <laughs> ah! <laughs> <laughs> well, who does he love? Huh? No. Who does he love? No. Loves Brandon. Loves Brandon. Well, he tried to say that he loved Tawny Katane during that fight where... Yeah, and wound up stabbing her in the leg instead. Exactly. Well, because, you know, even the, even the demon possession of tawny katane it's like say it's like you think you're gonna save her by telling her you love her 
It's like, that's not what it's about. It's all about you. And that's where it comes down to. It's like, you know, it's like he comes home. He's the only one left to try to protect her and find that she's already possessed. And now she's gone full on uh, Shania Twain in her man suit. All right. So you're left with the fight that we've, dis- we've discovered that David is not the person who's running the board. It's some evil Portuguese man. So, yes. Some evil, evil, squinty face man. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, Jim's comes. Jim comes back. It's like, well, it's because I love you. I love you. I'm trying to save you. It's like, nope, not going to do it. Got to kill yourself. But Linda's not the portal, Jim. You're the portal. You've always been the portal. I'm like, okay, well, he needs to plug his portal up. <laughs> and that's what we had. We had to kill Brandon. We had to kill Brandon. Yeah. Otherwise, that portal was gone. <laughs> Well, now that Brandon's gone, it can't play that We're terrible. But the thing is, when they're driving off the Big Bear, too, and, they, he, and Brett, Jim gets in the car, I'm like, he, you just got into Malibu Barbie's dream car, and you're going off to a dream vacation. This is ridiculous. This is the gayest thing in the world. Yeah, yeah. Leaving your, leaving your fiancé at home. And then home, where you both go off in deep V, open neck shirts. <laughs> yes, yes. They were just missing the sweaters like uh, tied around their necks, yeah, and then and then it would have been perfect, yeah, because that would have been a sure sign they were getting serious, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it's a good movie overall. You know, it's a fun ride. It's, I mean, it's 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 a good. I would put it as a a, a good movie to show like a teenager that was interested in like horror. Um, but not, but kind of afraid, like, like they don't want to see like disembowelings and shit like that. It's like, it's a good one to show people that don't necessarily like horror movies because of blood or, you know. Yeah, this one is eventually more of a mystery. Yeah, exactly. Definitely a good one to like put on at a party that you're like half paying attention to. Like, I would definitely like, it's, it's cute. Mm -hmm. It's, 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 it's a cute one. Well, this goes into like my, my type of scary movies that I like. It's like, I never went for, um, scary killer in the dark kind of movies or blood and gore. Um, certainly not torture porn, but I always loved a good ghost story. You know, you don't really see what the, who the monster is. Everyone suspects everything. Um, unfortunately there's not a lot of atmosphere going on with this movie because everything is so very brightly lit at all times. Yep. It's their first movie. It's their first movie. They hadn't learned. They learned by the next, remember the next one. That's for sure. Even in the darkened hospital dream sequence, it is a very bright hospital. Well, it probably was just the light being reflected off of that <laughs> shimmering apricot nightgown. <laughs> Most likely, yes, yes. Actually, there was one scene though where I think she was in the bedroom and um, it's brightly lit, but then the the blinds cast a shadow, which are even brighter. Yeah. So it's like, wow, that is a lot of that's a lot of light powering that scene going on right there too. So <laughs> and since since a good portion of my listening audience are heterosexual males and lesbian women, we would be remiss not to talk about Tawny Contain's shower scene. Oh, yes, yeah. Exactly, I mean, exactly. Of, of course. And, uh, like, I mean, I like female nudity as much. I mean, I just love nudity in, in general. Yeah. Like, I, you know, it's always my complaint that, you know, whatever. I, I always feel like, as a director, if you're showing a woman naked, then you need to show men naked, too, because then it's just, like, yeah. you're, you're, you're alienating, like, half of your audience if you don't yeah. do that like and you know any time lining up that potted plant yeah, yeah exactly and, and also yeah. like any straight man that can't see a like a like a naked man 
in a movie and just be like, okay, it's just a naked man and it doesn't threaten me. Like, I'm just like, that's dumb. Yeah. So, but yes, her shower scene is awesome. And, but the part that particularly gets me is when she can't turn the, the, the water off. It's too hot. And like, instead of like, she breaks the glass and the, and then steps into the bro onto the floor uh, full of broken glass with her bare feet. She had the towel in her hand, which she could have put the towel down, like, and then put her foot down. So the towel was between, you know, her and the glass, but she had to cover herself up for the camera. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah. no, like, I mean, that's just like, mm. it just did, like, I was like, if you're going to have nudity in a scene, that would have been really like, I mean, her running away naked would have made sense. Well, yeah. you know, but that's like, where it goes to in her own home. What is she covering up for? Exactly. Yeah. Well, but someone's some a ghost is in the house. David's in the house. But the thing I did appreciate. You want to give it in your vagina now? You're worried. Yeah. Well, two things here. Two things here on that one. It's like one. It's like I did think that in filmmaking sense, it was tasteful how they shot that because it didn't linger on her nudity. You know, in a horror movie, it was not exploitive. Yeah, yeah, and in 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 a horror movie, Friday the Thirteenth, it's like girls in the shower. Let's pan up stay on her chest, go to her face, knife to the back. This yeah. way it was more of like, you weren't seeing anything and it was more of exposed by accident in a way, her breasts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then it's like, I think at some point I saw while she was like frantically trying to get the towel around her while she's stepping on all that broken glass from the shower door. I think she's wearing panties. I thought I saw something around her waist there. It's like, I think she's wearing a cover up and they didn't. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's fine. I read an interview with uh, Kevin Tanny, the director. That was more recent. He was talking about working with her. And he was like, particularly that scene, because apparently she got the role because when she stepped into the casting office, every head was gawking at her. And they're like, I think this is the one. It wasn't about her talent. It was about her good and she was not famous at the time either. But um, she had done nudity and stuff before, but she was so difficult about the scene, worrying about how she looked, about this angle and that angle, and double checking angles to see what it was. He's like, it was so weird to go from that to working with Lene quickly, who like you wouldn't get the sentence out. You're like, we need you to be nude in this thing. Bang, she'd be nude. <laughs> We're not shooting it. Yeah, and she'd be hanging out on set the whole time, just naked, naked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but that that's okay. That's not a, that's not a criticism or anything. It's a hard thing to do. Exactly. Well, and this continues too with like the scene following with Tawny Katane running around the house. And when I was making a point up earlier, it's like this is where she really shows off those you know emotion faces where she's she's tired she's scared she's upset and you know her arms are like manipulating her hair to frame her face in the best possible angles while at the same time she's scared trying to get out of the uh out of the room i'm probably not doing justice describing it just watch that scene again you'll totally get it no no absolutely she's she's showing what fear looks like without feeling she's, it she's showing us her her latest moves in the white snake video yeah, because yeah. that's it again too. It's like arms failing. Let's take my hair and frame my face and and do all that. She did a wonderful job with that. And not to diminish her acting talents, because I actually did enjoy. I do enjoy her 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 acting and what brief few things I've seen her in. I do. I wish we had more to do because if she's. I mean, she's top billed and she's the focus of it all. Yet she just falls out of the movie, and what little we know of her isn't that interesting. Exactly. Exactly. There's nothing there. She's she's there to be. You know the. The final girl, the victim girl, the she's there to be. The, she's there to be the girl in the Eiffel Tower that you have to rescue. And yet, all of that, and they still manage to not entirely objectify her, which I think is, you know, good on that yeah. part. Because why would they when the movie is totally gay subtext? <laughs> <laughs>
And they were all really long. And I'm going, wow, I had no idea that breasts got that dirty. <laughs> they just keep sudsing and sudsing and lathering and rinsing. And they lather them again. And then they rinse and then they lather and they rinse and they lather. My God, I had no idea showering was so difficult. I don't know. Yeah, my, my well, well, or, that, that or that pleasurable, you know? Exactly. I mean, maybe yeah. that's more what it is. I mean, because it's, it's like, like oh, my balls get that girls. dirty, you know? It's like soap them and soap them and soap them. So why not breasts? J Lube is persistent, so that too. And we yeah. need to capture every second of it on this, this movie. Every second of it. anyway, that's not the point right now. All right, I think we've done Witchboard. Okay, people revisiting older movies and finding the queer stuff to it, like seeing it through the queer lens, is so hot right now. I'm just thrilled I got to one first before anybody else did. Good. <laughs> and you helped. And I helped. Before you guys go, Matt. Yes. You mentioned something about burlesque. Yes. Uh, I, uh, I started burlesque about eight years ago. Um, my burlesque anniversary, I think is either happened or coming up. I don't remember what day it is specifically, but, um, uh, yeah, we've been producing a monthly boylesque show called Homo Erectus at Stonewall. Um, and my burlesque, I do have a ton of horror themed, uh, burlesque acts. Like I have an evil dead two act, a troll two act, um, a few American Herber, 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 <laughs> and um, I have uh, a couple American Horror Story Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. So, uh, so that's been kind of fun because I've been able to like, and that's one of the reasons why, again, why I'm enjoying meeting some of the horror nerds because um, you know it's a potential audience to that will appreciate the numbers. And I, I saw, I, and I said when we when you first mentioned that, I said, "Oh, I've seen you guys. I've seen, I've seen you perform long before we ever said hello." So I, I remember being like, "This is fascinating, combining these two things." But it makes sense. Sex and death go together. Sex and horror should go together. It makes sense. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, it's Scorpion and finding the beauty in it. Yeah. Well, uh, did you did you see us at Rock Bar? I did see what Rock was. Bar. It the Troll Two number with all the popcorn. <laughs> No, I did not see that. Uh, okay. I saw several. I don't know which troop is which, or if it was all you. It was one that was with uh, when uh, Mark Patton was there. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And one, I forget what. You know Brian Norton? Yes. Yeah, Brian, it was one of Brian Norton's nights. There was another blessed thing. I don't remember which one it was, though, but I know I've seen you guys. Yeah. Or somebody. So I have the concept. Never mind. I'm babbling. I'm babbling. Welcome to Scream Greens. This is what I do. Uh... <laughs> But yeah, so burlesque, and um, I'm also a fine artist, so I do a lot of horror themed paintings too, and um, and I do commission, do take commissions. So if you want a portrait of Angela from Night of the Demons, I'll I'll do it for you, or uh, Linnea Clegley, or um, you know whatever you want. <laughs> Fabulous. So, okay, so before you guys go, where can people go to find out more about you or follow you or see your fun videos every night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time? Um, you can uh, fr uh, Facebook friend me, um, send me a message so I can free up some, because uh, I'm at my limit of friends, but I also could, um, some people- You can cut me because I'm done with you. Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> some, um, so, well, I've been noticing a lot of people delete their profiles, so I could probably go through and like get some space free. But it's every um, every uh, weeknight at eight o'clock through quarantine, and uh, and uh, you can also my Instagram is super super fun. It's Matt Knife Three. Um, my fine art is Matthew Z Kessler Art, 
And uh, you can also find Cubby at Cubby Hall. Um, and are these accessible on YouTube as well? Yes, we have YouTube. My YouTube channel. I say Cubby. Yeah, my <laughs> yes, my YouTube channel is also Matt Knife, and we do post the Quarantine Cafe there. So even if you can't see it on Facebook Live, you can see it a few days later on Facebook. And you don't catch it live, you will find it on Matt's timeline page, timeline as well. Matt Knife, yes. Yes, yes. And they're all very fun. They're all very different. I learned cooking things and I don't cook. It was fun. Anyway, I'm babbling again. So that means it's definitely time to wrap this up. Matt Cubby, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been so much fun. Thanks You're for having welcome. us. Even though technical problems are still a great time. What a great way to spend the afternoon. Yeah. You are welcome back any goddamn time. Well, uh, thanks for having us back. Thank well, well I mean, well, thanks for, for uh, please have us back. Yes. <laughs> Beg for it. <laughs> please, please, please. Yes. <laughs> With that, I bet you would do, and hopefully now we can stop trying to make Ouija happen. <laughs> well, TTFN. Oh, Dad's even better ending. TTFN, boys. Thanks once again to Matt Knife and Cubby Hall for coming and playing with me. What a treat to have both of you on. And before we move on too quickly, I forgot to do this in the opening of the show. I wanted to say a quick thank you. Actually, not a quick thank you, but I want to say a very sincere thank you to two people out there. And that is Zombie Girl TJ and Sydney Kennard Diamond from Creepy Kitsch. Because both of these lovely ladies sent me some face masks. Cindy, I begged for one. She was, she was making a whole bunch of them. She said, anybody who wants one, I'll send you one. And Zombie Girl TJ just sent one, she sent a whole bunch of them to me out of the kindness of her zombie girl heart. And it touched me very, and I was very touched and very moved, and I thought it was very, I'm just, it's nice when people have your back, because, you know, there, it's New York City, there were no masks, there was no material to make masks, and I had some makeshift ones, but now I got some, I don't just have, I don't just have good masks now, now I have good sexy masks, because they went, they made sure that my masks were extra, extra. Now, I already thanked them on my Facebook live streaming videos, and I thanked them by showing them my tits, which you unfortunately don't get to see unless you can see that video, but right, unless you really, but you know what? Never mind. Let's not, are we talking about, I stopped thinking about my tits, but you're the one who brought them up. Patch. I know I did. Hush now. Changing topic. So before we wrap up, I have my deep thought of the week. It occurred to me earlier that my mother always warned me that horror movies were trash and I'd never learned anything valuable from them. And I have to say, Mom, you couldn't be more wrong. In every horror movie, it seems, there's always the proverbial old coot who lays down the warning. Do not go to you know, Crystal Lake is cursed. Whatever you do, don't do this or don't do that. And the characters never listen and everybody dies. And much like in the movies, while we, the sullen boat gays and, and vestal virgins and the goody two-shoes, we all sit on our couches alone, sketching clocks, reading Dostoevsky, whatever it is you're doing, watching while our dumb, horny friends willfully choose to ignore Crazy Ralph's warning. Go off to fuck in the woods. Not only are they putting themselves in danger, they're making the situation worse for everybody. Knowing that we're going to be the ones who are going to have to clean up this mess after they're gone. And that's frustrating. 
because I've seen this movie. We've all seen this movie. It doesn't end well for anybody. And the news is scary. Like every day you're finding out something new about this virus or how people are handling the virus or what the government's doing about the virus. And you could lose your mind doing that. But just remember, don't lose sight of the fact that you have the rules to survive. Yeah, sure, we're finding out new stuff about the virus every day, like what it does to the body and, and how it might spread. But yet the basic rules have not changed. Bas follow these basic rules of survival. Try to keep your head when everyone around you is literally about to lose theirs, and we might all just get through this together. Now, I realize this may sound like an oversimplification of things, but yeah, there are many, many other more complicating factors that go into this whole situation. Yes, the rules to survival for our particular real-life horror movie are simple, but they're not easy. Nobody said it was going to be easy. The characters who make it to the final reel of any given horror movie never have it easy. It's a fight. It's a struggle. It's a war. But we have the tools we need to win it. So use them. Please. Before we go, I want to thank my sponsors, Squadcast. Squadcast provides a remote recordings for professional podcasters. And just like based on today's show, thank you, Squadcast, for making it so easy for me to reconnect with my guests quickly. When we have internet outages, I've had other systems where the whole thing just locks up and you lose the whole recording or, or the file gets corrupted. Nope, no, no, no. we got everything. Every, we got every single second of it, and that would not have been possible. I've lost so many shows using other apps or parts of them or just had to redo stuff, and just it's such a hassle. And to have this kind of clear recording and made so easy is a godsend. So if you're a podcaster and you want to step up your podcasting game Please use the link bit.ly slash squad queens. And of course, that's queens with a Z. You'll get a seven-day free trial to play around on there, and I think that you'll love it. And thank you also to Captivate FM. Captivate FM, they're the disco dancing, karate chomping, Jedi masters of the podcasting world. They make podcasting so simple, it's almost embarrassing. Captivate is the only podcast host that is actively interested in you growing your podcast. They have all kinds of tools to make that happen, and they're adding new stuff almost every week. And if you want to try them out, there's a link in the show notes for that as well. And don't forget, if you're free, 3 p.m. Eastern on Saturday, come, come, come play with us. Come play with us. Come play with us as we watch popcorn on the Cast app. You can get that at cast.gg and... You have to send me a friend invite to come. That would be bit.ly slash SQ social. Send me a friend request, and then that link, that same link will get you into the screening. You send me a friend request once, and then you use the link again, and bang, you're in the screening or the game night, whatever it is we're going to be doing. Uh, we're going to have a game night on Wednesday. We're going to be playing Spank the Yeti again, and we're going to be giving away a copy of Spank the Yeti. So be there, bit.ly slash SQ social. Head over to Podchaser, leave some reviews over there, podchaser.com. All these links are in the show notes. 
And be sure to follow the show on Podchaser and on all the social media. But how do we do that, Patrick? Well, that's really easy. You can find me on Facebook by doing a search on Scream Queens, where horror gets gay. I'm on Twitter at Scream Queens, and I'm on Instagram at Scream Queens Podcast. And if you want the intense Scream Queen experience, by all means, become a patron at www.patreon.com slash Scream Queens. Get ready for next time, because Allison and Brian are going to be back on the show, and we're going to be talking about Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Will Allison get through another movie without boobs, without ripping my face off? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Only time will tell. So until next time, my beautiful, beautiful, beautiful screamers, please continue to make the world a less creepy place by following the Scream Queen's golden rule. It's ever-evolving. Say it with me. Fight or flight. Survive the night. Make it to the final reel. Stay the fuck home. Chill the fuck out, wear a fucking mask, and wash your fucking hands. And never forget for one second how much I love you. Aw. Hearts and flowers. All of the music for tonight's show, unless otherwise specified, has been written by Sam Haynes. You can find all of his music at www.bandcamp.com. Bitches! <laughs>